The Holy Gospel for this day is from Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. The last will be first. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this holy moment in our week. This opportunity to hear your word and to receive your very presence in the bread and wine of communion. Help us to take your word to ourselves. Help us to receive your body and blood that we might become the body of Christ in the week ahead. Use our voices, O Lord, to proclaim your holy word of grace and love and compassion. Use our hands, O Lord, to do the work of the kingdom. So in any place we are, in our jobs, in our schools, in our volunteering, may we remember that we are your presence. So help us watch our words. Help us motivate our work. In Jesus' holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. You may have heard today's gospel lesson before. We have heard it read in the church over the years Every couple years or so, we have studied it in Bible studies, but never in my hearing of this story has anyone suggested that it is a healing miracle. That is until last Tuesday 
when at staff meeting, Pastor Katie introduced our staff to a professor, Dr. Barbara Rossing, who teaches at Chicago Seminary, who interprets this story about the rich man. I always heard it as the rich young man, so I'll be falling into that a little bit from the past. The rich young man who came to Jesus as a healing miracle. And Dr. Barbara Rossing says that it matches, the, he, the Greek words behind it matches very well with stories of healing in other parts of Scripture. She says that this man was sick. He had a disease, and she named his disease. She said in her writings that he had a disease called affluenza. <laughs> Have you ever heard of it before? It's a word that's become popular in the past 20 years or so. Affluenza, I thought, was just a combination of influenza and affluence, a made-up word. But it's in the dictionary. So this is from Webster's Dictionary, okay? Here's the, here's the definition. Affluenza is extreme materialism and consumerism associated with the pursuit of wealth and success and resulting in a life of chronic dissatisfaction, debt, overwork, stress, and impaired relationships. The uh, term affluenza really became popular back in 1997 when our own local PBS station, KCTS, did a documentary titled Affluenza. And so I went back and watched it this week, this documentary on affluenza, because in the documentary, it has a diagnosis. It's able, you're able to diagnose yourself and then seek treatment. They had treatment options. So I watched this, and as I went through the diagnosis, I realized that I have a mild case <laughs> of affluenza. And... And so I thought, I better stay tuned for the treatment options. So there are a number of treatment options. Um, these are some of them that are included. Before you buy something, ask yourself if you really need it and where are you going to put it once you bring it home. <laughs> Be a critic of advertising. Recognize what is really being sold. Three, fill your time. Not with consumption, but with volunteering, social activities, working out, reading books. Four, try to emulate someone who is living a more simplified life, someone that you might admire. And it has a whole long list of other treatment options, uh, but these resonated um, most closely with me. Um, so as I think about that, affluenza and Dr. Barbara Rossing, I thought about this rich young man who came up to Jesus and knelt before him and asked about eternal life. And I went back and reread the text with uh, the lens of healing. And when I did, I started recognizing, well, maybe Dr. Barbara Rossing is right here. Because as I read the text, I realized that there are some key words that help me understand that this man was unwell and that Jesus was trying to heal him. For example... The man came to Jesus seeking what? Eternal life. I always grew up thinking, well, eternal life is you die, you go to heaven, and you live forever. 
Well, in the Greek language of the Bible, the word is ionios. It's one word. And it means to be complete, to be whole in body, mind, and spirit in this world and in the world yet to come. It's not just future tense, this word ionios. It's also present tense. And I realized this young man was seeking for a more complete life to be spiritually whole. And it goes on and it talks about the man seeking to be made well. And again, I looked up that word. And that word in the Greek Bible is sozo. And it's translated both as the word well, to be physically well, and as the word saved, to be saved. That would be very helpful for us today to bring those two words a little more closely together. Saved well, spiritually healed, physically healed. They get all mixed up in the Bible. And that's why Dr. Barbara Rossing says this is a healing miracle because he is spiritually unwell. Those are some of the words. And as you think about this young man growing up seeking eternal life, seeking wholeness, seeking to be made well, seeking to be saved, you kind of wonder how he has put in his own way his grasping at possessions. He doesn't quite realize that his grasping for possessions is actually getting in the way of the very thing he wants. This guy could, he could have a tagline. You guys know what a tagline is? Young people, do you know what a tagline is? Yeah, kind of. So lots of companies have taglines. So it could be rich, young, man, tagline. Possessions as purpose. I want you to think about your own personal taglines. Here's another one. Rich young man, wealth as security. That kind of hooked me. Here's another tagline. Prosperity is the dream. What's your tagline? What's mine? I realize this man is not well spiritually. He wants to be well. He wants to be healed. But he has a hard time finding his way because he thought his possessions were the good life. Isn't that often the deal that's implicit in our society? The possessions, the wealth, those things are the good life. Those things are the security. But for some reason, this guy had all that, and he still came to Jesus. Jesus, I want something deeper, something more. Falls at his knees. Falls at his knees in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at him. And the text says, the word look, by the way, means that Jesus peered into his soul. And I'm trying to catch as many eyes as I can right now. Jesus peering into his soul. And then what did it say? Do you remember? What did it say? And Jesus loved him. Isn't that interesting? I always thought of the rich young man. Oh, Jesus condemns him. You know, and you better be careful because you want like riches too and Jesus is going to condemn you for your hard work and your savings account. That's not what's being said here. Jesus looked at him, peered into his soul, and loved him. 
Just as Jesus loved the people with leprosy, just as Jesus loved the tax collectors, just as Jesus loved the prostitute, didn't condemn them, but loved him the same way with this rich young man who has his world sort of mixed up. He loves him and wants him to be made well and tells the rich man a treatment option. I have a treatment option for you. Sell what you have and give away to the poor and you will have riches beyond your belief. And if you remember the text, the rich young man is shocked. And he turns away. And he's grieving. And literally the word is to be weeping. He's crying. I always interpret that to mean, well, he's crying because he doesn't want to give up his wealth. So we can condemn him too for not being willing to do that. And if you're a good Christian, then you better give up your wealth too. And if you don't, you're condemned. That's kind of the story, right, that we get? It's not what Dr. Barbara Rossing says, and I think she's right here. Maybe, just maybe, Dr. Barbara Rossing says that this is the beginning of his conversion, of his salvation. Maybe he needed to be confronted. Maybe he never realized that his possessions were getting in the way of his good life. And maybe that's what caused him to be shocked. Oh, like when I watched Affluenza on TV and realized I'm diagnosed with the disease. It's like, yeah, but I'm a pastor. I shouldn't have it. <laughs> and yet, it's like, maybe that was the shock. And maybe he turns grieving, crying, weeping because of all those lost years. Like a bump on the forehead. Oh no. Oh no. Maybe it was the beginning of his salvation. I hope so. I'm beginning to think that's the correct way to read this. To read the story as Jesus peering into our souls and saying, it's never too late. You can always be cured. You can always live a life of goodness and eternity. Maybe, just maybe, this young man was able to reprioritize his life and how he uses his wealth for the benefit of others. Maybe, just maybe, he was able to focus more on the best things of life. You've all heard the phrase, the best things in life are free and if you really think about it, it's really true. I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but it's true. The best things in life are love and friendships and sunsets and birds singing and those incredible trees in our parking lot with the leaves changing and family that care about you and kindness those are all free and maybe this rich young man was beginning to open his eyes and to see all the riches around him that he had missed before I think that's the case I think this is a healing story I could stop right here it's a good place to stop the sermon but I have an addendum. 
Because the story goes on, and at the end of our gospel today, it says, Jesus says, those of you who take the cure, take the treatment, turn to me in love and follow me, you will have riches a hundredfold, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. I really find it interesting. He says mothers plural, fathers plural. And houses and fields beyond measure. That part of the text has been corrupted very often in American Christianity, especially by something called the prosperity gospel, which is preached heavily in our country today, our affluent country today. And the deal goes something like this. You turn to Jesus, you become born again, you support this particular ministry, and you will get a hundredfold houses, jobs, cars. You'll get a BMW. I mean, we have a BMW, but it's really a, not an abundant BMW. <laughs> and the prosperity gospel really falls right back into affluenza, that the reward is more material stuff. And that is a corruption of what Jesus is saying here today. A terrible corruption. It's not what he means. What Jesus means is, as you release, as we let go of our clutching, as we take the cure, we will have a life of abundance, friendships multiplied, relationships enabled, sunsets more beautiful. That's our wealth. That's what he means by a hundredfold will our riches expand. That's the addendum that's very important for us to remember because it's not only I who have a mild case of affluenza, so do you. We all do. We've all been infected by the way our society runs. Today, Jesus is speaking to us and he's giving us treatment options. Release. Let go. Continue to work hard. Continue to save. But your material is not your security. It is your friendships, your relationships, and your trust in God. And you will be made well. And you will be saved. Amen. Page 9, please stand.